0: Welcome to episode 70 of Kyperion Commentary. I'm your host, Yuri Brito. And uh, once again, I'm going to bring a, a familiar guest in the uh, Kyperion uh, living room. Uh, Brian Wright is back once again. Uh, he's a fellow Pensacolian here, which means we get to see each other uh, more often and really. Brian, uh, in these conversations here that are recorded, the best conversations you have are behind the scenes, right? That's right. Uh, They're always a a fun time to catch up, and uh, you just got back from ETS. so you had a a fantastic time. I want to talk about another book you've been publishing uh, quite a bit lately, which is always a a pleasure for me to see um, sort of prolific authors, especially people I know well who are working hard at uh, being productive and fruitful and providing for the church uh, some compelling uh, literature, but also ways for the church member to grow in their faith. And your newest book is entitled "Inspired Questions: A Year's Journey uh, Through the New Testament." Uh, first and foremost, Brian, tell me a little bit about how you uh, come about writing a, a devotional book of this nature. What What is the inspiration behind "Inspired Questions"?
1: Yeah, so um, it, it certainly didn't just come to me all at once. It was something that took place over time, but. Um, I track it a little bit to back uh, right around the year that I started a full-time ministry job with the Federal Bureau of Prisons, Mm -hmm. and I went into uh, my first time ever being in a prison, and when I was going through a sermon series on just questions that uh, the congregation had for us to address and talk about, It really just struck me when we were done with it and and had a good response was, okay, these were good questions, but perhaps they weren't the best questions that we should be asking and answering, that as I'm looking at God's Word, I saw there are thousands of questions in God's Word that I thought, you know, we should be wrestling with these uh, as much if not more um, in whether it's sermon series or just in Bible studies or just in our own life. And so as I started really wrestling with different questions that the Bible asked, um, it, it really just took on a whole new uh, devotional life for me and and spiritually was uh, formative in my life. So uh, as that started trickling on and I started thinking and praying about it, I, I thought, well, as I'm doing this, maybe I should, uh, you know, consider doing this. Initially, I was thinking of maybe just doing something for my kids. And so yeah. that's where it started.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And it's a compelling process for the writer himself because you, you're gaining so it's it's the process of teaching, right? You gain so much from the process of, of teaching. I'm assuming writing is the, is the same way. Can you think of... Um, a couple things that stood out in your uh, in your research that really uh, brought a new light into your your look into the New Testament.
1: Yeah, so I would say as I was approaching this topic, um, it was different in the sense of I didn't want something that was with a lot of religious jargon or mm-hmm. Christianese or or even just merely. It doesn't mean that it's there. There aren't some very um, you know, uh, exciting uh, areas or portions of it, but meaning I wanted more of a call to action, something that was prompting us or myself, again, initially to do something. And so I was writing these devotions and writing these things. I see God's word doing that. I see Jesus asking questions. I see him being very active and engaging to others and almost putting people on the spot to be mm-hmm. able to answer questions. And so as I was wanting the scripture to kind of bombard my soul and in one sense interrogate me, yeah. I thought what a great thing for both my kids or, and for others to be able to say, you know, these questions are meant to engage us. They're meant to uh, uh, include us, draw us in, be transparent, be open, and, and also to encourage us to, um, you know, look to God's word and to look to Christ ultimately for the answer.
0: Talk a little about the structure of the book itself.
1: Yeah, so um, the structure of the book is, so initially there's roughly 980 questions in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So I took roughly 365. Of course, that's not an exact number because certainly some passages have multiple questions back to right. back to back. So you're actually getting many more than 365 questions. But And I thought of starting each day with a question or a verse that has several questions in it and let that day's question just really... Uh, wash over you and and just really a a time of reflection on those questions and so the way I structured it initially was I was taking one question that's asked in the New Testament every day and then having a little entry to kind of help here's the context because we're not just stripping these questions out of their context but here's so I, I did all the the homework exegesis behind the entries, but none of it comes out in, into where I'm not using academic language. It's it's not necessarily a Bible study, but it is to push us to think through what's really at the heart of this question, and and um, almost a what's a way we can apply it to our everyday life, and so. That was the first stage of it. But the second stage, and I only note it briefly in the introduction, and there's a few things I didn't in the introduction, so this will be the first time on air I share it, was I also wanted to follow a liturgical calendar, Mm -hmm. a church calendar, to say, you know what, as we're going through the different seasons, what if the questions also, as we see in Scripture, match some of the seasons that we're going through? So right now we're in the Christmas and Advent season. Mm -hmm. And so um, as we're going through this, I mean, questions that are in some of those... in the birth narratives or questions that are um, tied into the themes of, you know, hope and of light and of love. And so you you have either thematically or even um, in the narratives, uh, the questions that are popping up. And then also I looked even more broad broadly than that and looked at, um, you know, even different uh, things that are celebrated, more so internationally than just nationally, because I certainly didn't want this to become a a westernized American uh, devotional to where, you know, here's these holidays and those, Mm -hmm. but even some at a a bigger scale, and so I included that, and then really, um, I started off, January 1 starts off with with the first question of Matthew, and the last question of the year ends in Revelation, so I kind of subliminally said, hey, from Matthew to Revelation, there's great questions, and so there was a number of things to go behind the structure of it, to answer your question.
0: Here's something interesting to uh, to ponder, and, and that is the fact that in our culture, we treasure people who are quick, who offer a serrated-edge answer, who are witty. You know, we have our favorite sort of uh, podcasters, or but very rarely do we treasure the people who raise good questions, and it seems to me that a, a society that functions well, or let's say a Christian society that functions well, must be a society that raises good questions for our culture. Can you talk a little bit about that, if you will, Brian?
1: Yeah, actually, you know, um, my freshman year of college, when I was during doing freshman orientation, I remember something the president said. He said, our goal here is to be able to prepare you to leave college with more and better questions than answers. Mm. And, and that struck me at that time. And, and then fast forward, when I went to go get my Master's of Theology degree at Dallas Theological Seminary, Uh, one of the main um, professors got up and said almost the same thing, but just in a different way, that part of what we're doing here is equipping you to be able to ask and answer questions at the boundaries of your understanding. And so, again, it it was always about pushing us to be able to have questions to ask and and better questions to ask and Mm -hmm. um, those that will really help us. And so, yes, we're getting answers along the way, but those answers necessarily open up other hosts of questions. And so just this idea of the questions that we both are asking ourselves, asking others, I think, is a great uh, leadership quality, a great pastoral mm. quality, and, and so in just in every respect, you see. I think it was Albert Einstein once said, um, "Question everything," uh-huh. and he was right. And so we see that, and um, and we also see it as one of the primary methods that Jesus used to teach was asking questions. And so I think the basis for which we are to incorporate questions in our life, in our parenting, in our marriages, I just think there, there's something um, there.
0: Let me follow up a little a bit on that, something you said here. Uh, one of the primary, uh, let's say, the didactic uh, work of Jesus' ministry is the ministry of raising questions. How, how does this process of raising questions to the religious leaders of the day play into the uh, the Messianic ministry of Jesus,
1: yeah. So I, I see Jesus even from youth asking questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you even have the, the 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 text of him in the temple, and he's asking people questions, and he's bombarding people with with uh, you know uh, these these great questions, and we get a number of them obviously in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. And what I love and I see is he engaged his disciples with questions. He engaged the culture with questions. So to engage believers, non-believers, as you just mentioned, the religious leaders of the day. So there was almost nobody that he didn't ask questions to. And Mm -hmm. I love that because in a day like today, what are ways in which we can engage our culture? What if we took some of the same questions that were asked of Jesus, by Jesus, or to Jesus, and we used them in some of our um, you know, uh, in, in our life and in our outreach and our missions. I mean, just think think of Pilate asking Jesus, what is truth? Right. And, and just what if we allowed somebody to ask us that question or even ask somebody else that question in a way just to open up a dialogue and, and just talk about what is truth and, and let's have a conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you begin to um, inculcate this idea of uh, question asking in, in our culture? Because it seems that the uh, uh, we've talked about this before, before the show, but it seems that uh, we, we live in a culture where people are not curious about other people's lives. And you, this is something you discussed in, in the previous book about the role of community here, how we began to establish a, a rhythm of question asking in a, in a church culture. Well, I think there's a number of ways you can do it. I
1: mean, in, in one sense, it could come all the way from the, the top in the sense from a pastor doing a series on questions. So, mm-hmm. hey, let's let, you know, whether, whatever the sermon title for those mm-hmm. that do sermon titles or, you know, uh, uh, the questions of Jesus or when God asks questions or, or something to where we're hearing some of these great questions from the pulpit. Or it could take place in Bible studies where, you know, for a season, pick a book in the New Testament and just really wrestle with each question as they come about chronologically. Or let's, um, you know, Gloria Furman wrote the foreword to the book, and Mm -hmm. and she even notes something she did back when she was a resident hall director in college. Mm. was she would have a little bowl sitting on her desk, and when a student would come in... Uh, she'd say, "Oh, grab a question," and they'd pick a little question out of there, and that would just open up a conversation. Mm-hmm. So now those weren't inspired questions, but the point is, just this rhythm of question asking, I think, is very important. And I'm glad you brought it up. Of just, you could see it from church leadership, you could see it from uh, Bible studies, you could see it in, you know, uh, dorm rooms in colleges. You could see it even for family devotionals. Like uh, one of um, the endorsers of the book just said, "I can't wait to do this around uh, the f- around the table with my family in the evenings." Um, actually, last night uh, a, a local minister was out at the prison, and we were chatting for a little bit. And uh, he asked me about the book, and he said he and his wife are planning on at the start of the new year with their kids around the table, just having a question a day that they're going to talk about as a family. And so those are the types of of um, uh, contexts or types of situations that I think people could get into. A rhythm of just asking questions and obviously i would promote asking some of the best in questions that have ever been asked and those in which the holy spirit inspired and in, in, yeah in, exactly in the yeah inspired word of and inspired those are the best right.
0: questions that and i think you know we, we as fathers for those of us who have uh, you know any amount of kids but those of us who have a lot of kids specifically our children especially in the early days i know you know this quite well <laughs> they are incessant in their question asking process so more just a practical question, Brian, for, for fathers out there who want to establish a culture where conversation is common rather than uncommon at the home. How do we sort of navigate the uh, the 50 questions in the five-minute drive?
1: That's right. Well, and I think in one way it could be curtailed by just let's be proactive in supplying the question. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. instead of just being reactionary, maybe let's be proactive and say, all right, let's, let's, here's the question of the day. And so throw out a question and talk about it. So you're, one, showing the importance and value of asking questions. Let's ask questions, or let's see some of the questions Jesus has asked or asked other people, and then trying to wrestle with them himself. What I love about it, and I tell a lot of fathers that I talk to, is the work's already been done for you. You don't mm-hmm. have to be creative. You don't have to try to come up with a game plan. You don't have to try to go out there and, and, and study 1,200 books to, to figure out what's the best way to do a family devotional. Just ask a question, and mm-hmm. so and the questions is already provided for you. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be again creative. You don't have to spend a lot of time. And, and I know a lot of uh, leaders of different Bible studies is they're always trying to look for new curriculums. They're always trying to look for you know uh, here's the teacher's guide and lesson, and then here's the the you know the guide and lesson for the the students or for the people in the class. But here's the questions and they're already provided to you, um, you know, and as you're working through it and you're wrestling with it in context, it just opens up doors for other questions and things that you can uh, wrestle with in the text.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Brian, uh, one, one final question here. As you work through this, um, through this devotional book here, do you, can you think of a couple of things that, are, that appear really often and consistently in the questions that are raised in the New Testament?
1: I think if I were to try to, again, without doing the work and, and trying to you know see statistically what are some of the most questions, it, my impression so far has been that the questions are really concerned with the direction of your heart, mm. with your, your, your affections. And so whereas these are the things that you should be drawn to and these are the things you should be repelled by. And so most of the questions to me are obviously trying to gauge your heart and trying to see where are your affections? Where are your loves? Where are your priorities? So even the questions on finance and money and this, it's what are your priorities? Who do you love and why? And and so I think, and it's obviously pointing to where our true hope, where our true refuge is, and and that's in Jesus Christ.
0: Mm. Amen. Well, you're looking for a Christmas gift to a loved one or even a kind of a tool to stir conversation at the dinner table. Here it is, Inspired Questions, A Year's Journey Through the New Testament by Dr. Brian Wright. Brian, thanks again for joining us at Kyperion brother.
1: Oh, Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to be here.